Amen. Thank the Lord for the wonderful singing this morning. And um, most of all, thankful for the uh, felt presence of the Lord that we can feel and know this morning. If you have your Bibles and you would turn with us to Exodus chapter 12. Um, passage of Scripture read many, many times. I know that. <clears throat> Preached on many, many times. I used to... Uh, I used to preach uh, on this a lot, uh, seems like, several years ago, but uh, haven't been around it much here lately. But uh, I ask that you pray for us here for just a few minutes, and we'll uh, say that, that the Lord's laid on our heart. And uh, as I said earlier, our uh, earnest heart's desire is to see you saved if you don't know Jesus in the free pardon of sin. And uh, certainly we don't know uh, the battles or the struggles um, that all of us are going through. Or, uh, And I've said this uh, many times, we don't, um, we don't know what the adversity is in everybody's life. Uh, but I'm glad that God has given us a sanctuary where we can steal away from the world we don't have to worry about the things of the world, but we can just set our hearts, minds, uh, and affections upon Him and upon heavenly things, not worry about the outside, uh, what's outside these four walls uh, for just a little while and, and, uh, and enjoy the presence of Jesus. And I hope, that, um, I hope that if you're here this morning and you've come to the Lord's house, <coughs> you know, I... I uh, the scripture tells us this, whatsoever is bound on the earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever is loosed in the earth shall be loosed in heaven. And I believe that has direct correlation to how we uh, live our lives uh, and the, res- the blessings that, re- that we receive. And uh, I've preached on this numerous amounts of times. Listen, if, if you don't believe that God can, then God won't. Uh, so, but... Uh, I'm telling you, if we'll turn loose and uh, express our faith, and we've talked about this for the last several weeks, we don't manufacture our faith in the, in the first place that God gives it to us, but when we uh, have that reception of faith, when we take that and we believe upon Him what He can do and what He will do, then God will bless us, amen? But if we have got to turn loose and let God bless us in our lives. And uh, listen, uh, I thank God that uh, uh, that as an eight-year-old boy, he uh, listen. He knew what I was going to do, what I was going to be, how I was going to live my life, and what a sinful creature that I am. But I'm glad in 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 uh, in in the midst and uh, instead of that, he gave his son that he could. That, that one day that uh, as an eight-year-old child I could bow before him and receive Jesus precious to my heart, to my soul, and be saved. Amen. What a blessing that is that, uh, that, uh, that he covers us. Uh, listen, uh, and I believe, listen, I believe this. Uh, listen, I, I know that there is consequence. I know that there is penalty for our sin. But I'm glad at the end of the day when I uh, draw my last breath this side of eternity and I stand in the presence of my Savior, Jesus, I'm glad that I'll be covered in his blood. 
Amen. It won't be the merits of my life or my righteousness. The Bible tells us in Titus 3 and 5, not by our works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy and through the washing of regeneration of the Holy Ghost. Listen, he has made us new again in him. Amen. So listen, it's not by our righteousness, it's not by our good deeds, but it's solely by the blood of Jesus. Exodus chapter 12, verse number 1. The scripture reads, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first uh, month of the year unto you. Speak ye unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take unto them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor uh, next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening, and they shall take the blood and strike it upon the two side posts and the upper posts of the house wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the, uh, the, the flesh in that night, roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire his head with his legs and with the, uh, with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat of it with your loins girded and with your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. And we believe that be all that God has have us to read in your hearing but, uh, this morning, but as we have a, a text or a thought, and like I said, I, I, in my younger days, I used to preach on this, and it's the same text that hasn't changed, and I want to preach on it again here this morning, if God give us utterance and liberty, uh, but in verse 3, 4, and 5, you'll find three different verbiages of the word lamb. In the third verse, you see a lamb. In the fourth verse, you see the lamb. And in the fifth verse, you see your lamb. Amen. And it all has great significance in how the Lamb is applied to our lives. Amen. Listen, but we must understand this. What is the Lamb? The Lamb is the sacrifice. And what is the description of the Lamb? The Bible said that it shall be, uh, listen, your Lamb shall be without blemish. It shall be a male of the first year. You shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. Amen. So listen, what is the what is the uh, the description of the lamb? The lamb is perfect. The the lamb is without blemish. The lamb is without spot. The lamb is sinless. The lamb is perfect. So hence, we have, listen, and, and if we study and we read this and we understand this, uh, listen, from the Old Testament days, and if we apply this, uh, how we see the symbology to the New Testament, we understand uh, that, listen, what we have here is we have a nation of people. Uh, listen, they've been in bondage 430 years in Egypt, amen? Uh, listen, now I want to back up and rewind to something. How did they get to Egypt in the first place? Amen? Listen, uh, li- and this is kind of diverting topic from the message this morning, but I feel like we ought to say this. Listen, a lot of well, listen, a lot of times we get hung up with the children of Israel and we think that somebody put them there. 
Somebody didn't put them in Egypt. They went there. And let me tell you why they went there. Because they sold their brother to the Egyptians. Amen. Joseph rose up under the ranks of the king. Listen, he was the second man in charge. And the children of Israel, all his 11 brothers, they came running back by the commission of their father because they were hungry. Listen, amen. And the empty wagon trains were clanking over the road and over the road. Listen, and they came and they begged of Joseph. They said, please give us something to eat. Thankfully, there was corn in Egypt. Joseph loaded the wagons. He told them, bring the fathers back, and I'm going to make this short. (laughs) But because Egypt had food is where the Israelites migrated to. But they never left. Larry Forster said this years ago, he said the only way, listen to me close, he said the only way that we can get Israel out of Egypt is to get Egypt out of Israel. Did you hear what I said? The only way to get Israel out of Egypt is to get Egypt out of Israel. Amen. So let me tell you something. If you want clarity, if you want purity, if you want blessings, and if you want joy in your life, you've got to remove the sin that is in it. We just don't see them like we used to, do we? I want to be... I hope, I hope you'll excuse my bluntness on this, but why don't we fix it? It's just a, just a food for thought. If we want to see it like it used to be, we can have what it used to be, but I'm not worried about what used to be. I'm worried about what we have. And what we have, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, we have found ourselves in a state of Egypt, and the state of Egypt has crept into the church. We're so consumed with the world and what she has to offer. And how beautiful she is and the appealings of the lust of the flesh that draw us further and further and further away from the Lord. And the same thing happened to the Israelites. But you know what changed it? This is where, the, this is where I want to offer a word of encouragement and hope, Kenny. And let me tell you something. Listen, the children, you know what the children of Israel finally did? Charles, when they had had enough of Egypt, when they had had enough of being in bondage and being the servants and being slaves, they started praying. If you want power, if you want to see people saved, listen, if you want to embrace and and hold on to what we have, you've got to pray that God would deliver. What I say in the outstart, whatsoever we bind in the earth should be bound in heaven. Whatsoever Whatsoever we loose in the earth shall be 
loosed in heaven. What did the book of Jonah say? He said, I have a storehouse of blessings. Storehouse is a pretty good wagon train. Amen. Listen, you know, the Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians, uh, listen, that he has, that his blessings are without bounds. So that storehouse, uh, listen, and you know where that storehouse is? That storehouse is in eternity. And what, what is the definition of eternity? It has no beginning and it has no end. So you can't outgive God. Amen. Amen. You don't reach a certain point, amen, where you peek out on this thing. Listen, the more you want, the more you get. And Israel started praying. And thank God that the Lord bent his ear toward his people. Amen. Amen. Ain't you, listen, I'm going to tell you something, friends. And I don't mean to despise your heritage or your tradition. Uh, listen, uh, please do not. There's so many people. They take every word I say, they analyze it for bad, and they turn it against me. Listen, I'm not talking about individuals. I'm not talking about denominations. I'm not. Listen, hey, if you leave Silver City Baptist Church wound up tighter than the eight-day clock about something I said, then maybe you need to come to the altar and pray that God would straighten me out. Amen. Amen, preacher. So listen. They prayed. And they prayed without fear. They prayed without favor. And they prayed with no regard. They just prayed for a deliverer. Sometimes we, listen, I believe this. Sometimes we nail down and we start praying for specificities in our lives. Listen, I'm going to tell you, the blessings, the joys, and the goodness of God is, listen, and there's nothing wrong with having new cars, new homes, and new houses. But listen, those are not considered the blessings of God. Listen, the Bible tells us that the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are unseen are eternal. Amen. Listen, I live in an 1,100 square foot house off of Cool Springs Road. And when I die, they may tear it down. I don't know. More so than that, Kenny, I don't even care. Because my home is in heaven. And I preach this numbers of times. You can sing it all you want to, but I do not have a cabin in the corner of glory land. Amen. God said, I give unto you a mansion, and that's what I have. The price was too high. Amen. They prayed. God heard. Reached down, spoke to a little man by the name of Moses. Moses said, I can't do this. 
He said, I ain't going to do this. He said, I can't even talk. He said, well, I'll just send your brother. He said, I'm not doing this. He said, listen to me. Those of us that have inferiority complexes, amen, those of us that, that, that constantly live our lives in fear because we don't feel like we deserve what we have. And I'm going to be the first one to tell you something. We don't. But just because we realize that we don't deserve what we have does not mean we live in fear. That means we live in thankfulness. Amen. Live thankful. Living thankful shows a whole lot more than living fearful. He said, I can't go. He said, I'll send your brother. He said, uh, listen, he made up excuse after excuse after excuse. He said, I, he said I, I can't go. He said, I'm a man with a stammering tongue. Stuttering lips and a confounded heart. And this is the key. Moses said, when I go, what should I tell them? He said, I am. I'm not downgrading or disregarding a theological degree. Thank God for the men and the women who have dedicated their lives, times, hearts, and study to the biblical foundations and the religious culture that we have. But thank God, at the end of the day, our theological interpretations do not undo, fix, or justify that God is still I am. So they set out on this journey. Now, I'm not going to preach on all this. So listen, we finally come down. They, uh, listen, God sent my, uh, my Moses to Pharaoh nine separate times prior to this. Uh, listen, he begged him. He said, go, uh, go ask Pharaoh. He said, go tell Pharaoh to let my people go. Listen, and we're doing a Bible study, and, and next Sunday night, or uh, yeah, I guess next Sunday night we'll start our study on predestination. And a lot of folks, they drive it from this in Romans chapter 9 when the Bible said that God said, I'll have mercy on whom I will have mercy. And now listen, he says, know you not that I raised Pharaoh up for this purpose. Listen, the Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart, but I want you to understand one thing in this. And listen to me real close. If God's purpose was for Pharaoh to fail. Why did he send him Moses nine times? Boy, I'm glad I've got a choice. When mercy is offered, I'm glad I had a choice, Charles. When mercy was offered, that I reached out and grabbed it. Mercy was offered. When mercy is rejected, it forces a hardness of heart. Amen? Amen. 
When you reject mercy, it forces a hardness of heart. That's why we look around so many times today and we say, I wonder how people can do the things that they do and I wonder how people can live the way they live. It's because they have rejected mercy to a point they are so callous to the Holy Spirit of God they have no reverence for the Savior. Now, let's use this in applicable terms. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Let me tell you something. When I stand behind God's desk, and listen, I'm not misrepresenting any man of God, but listen, when I stand behind God's desk, yes, I'm in his hands, but that's not a fearful place. When the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God, that's when your life has expired and eternity stands before you and you have no hope in Jesus. That is when it is fearful to be in the hands of God. Tenth time. He said, And the Lord spake to Moses and Aaron in the lands of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of the month, shall be the first month of, year, of the year unto you. He said, Speaking of the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take unto them every man a lamb. So this is, he's speaking to the children of Israel now, right? Do this. But then he got specific, didn't he? Basically what he said was, Tommy, go back to your house. Bill, go to your house. Kenny, go to your house. And get a lamb. But, not any lamb. A lamb that's without spot, a lamb that's without blemish, a lamb of the first year. Hmm. Ultimately, you get to a place where everybody wants what? The same lamb. So let's look at this. He said, Speak unto the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take unto them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. So now listen, I want to speak to mamas and daddies for just a minute. And if responsibility has failed to grandmother and grandfather, I want you to listen to me for just a minute. It is your responsibility. To make sure that a lamb is provided for your house. A lamb. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. To make sure that a lamb is provided. Now let's rewind. What's the criteria for the lamb? 
A lamb that's without spot and without blemish. A lamb of the first year. You know how specific this is? So as we're all out wandering around, (laughs) I think about this all the time, and I can't help it. When Moses told him this, Maxine, ain't you glad? Listen, I can just see Moses. Listen, and they wasn't in Egypt. They was in a little faraway country put down to the south side called Goshen. When God put the plague of darkness upon Egypt, the Bible said that they was light in Goshen. And can't you see Moses and Aaron after he gave this last decree walking up to houses? Have you got your lamb? Hey, do y'all have your lamb? Is everybody on this side, do you have your lamb? Death angels coming at midnight. Do you have a lamb? Now, this is where it gets real good. Listen to this. And if the household be too little for the lamb, Let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. So now he said, go out and get a lamb. But he said, if your house is too small or if your neighbor don't have one, come into the same house. Amen. Ain't you glad there's always a way and there is always enough for those that have said, well, preacher, I've gone too far. I lived such an unrighteous life. I'm not worthy of the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you something. None of us are worthy of the blood of Jesus. You know, the only thing we're deserving of, a godless, eternal hell. But he said, in spite of your sin, I'm going to the cross of Calvary. I'll be a lamb. I'll be the lamb. And more specifically, I'll be your lamb. And he said, if you will let me be your lamb, I'll cover you with my blood. And when death shall come, the angel shall pass over, not because of you and who you are and who your house and who your home is, but because of the blood of the Lamb. This makes me want to have revival. So listen. Man, I just love that. Don't you? And if the household's too little for the lamb, 
Let him take it to his neighbor. If you read over in the back half of this, you'll find what the Bible said. Listen, he said, if Israelites, if you've got a Gentile servant in your house, hey, People constantly are telling me there was no way for the Gentiles and the Jews are God's chosen people. I agree with that. The covenant was established with the Jews. But he rolled them in under the Lamb then too. Let him take... Let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. male of the first year and you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it unto the 14th day on the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. Now let me remind you of something. This is the institution of the Passover. Do you understand that? In which the Pharisees and Sadducees and the Israelites carried out for years and years and years to come, specifically until the days of Christ. You understand on the 14th day, which was the Friday, Good Friday, the Passover day, when they were celebrating... The feast of the Passover, when they were in recollection, in recollection of, of, of Moses making uh, or killing the lamb and putting it upon the, deer, the doorpost as a Passover, as a covering for our sins, it's the same day, same hour, same time, when they were all, listen to me, when all the high priests had come, had already come down off of Golgotha, Tommy. Where did they go? They went to the temple. What were they doing? They were having the Passover service in the holy place at the temple. Amen? Listen to what transpired here. So listen, now they've carried Jesus up to Golgotha's hill. From the, uh, the Bible says from the sixth to the ninth hour there was darkness over the whole land. Jesus declared to others, Elahi, Elahi, Salama Samachthani, which is to be interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And the people that had crucified him were down at the temple. They were worshiping. And they were getting ready for the Passover service. All assembled. Look at me now. All assembled in their priestly attire. Holding the Pentateuch as the Word of God. As the Lamb was on the hillside. And they stood there. Can you can you imagine this now? The high priest coming in, swinging, swinging his rope of incense. As they're going through the Passover service, and from the far cry on Golgotha's hill, 
You see that there was a man who declared, Father, into my my hands I declare my spirit. And all of a sudden the Bible said that there was a great earthquake. And as the high priest stood there, the ones that just hung the lamb on the hill, as they were swinging the, the rope of incense, the Bible said the veil of the temple was split from the top to the bottom. And what did it reveal? It revealed the mercy seat. But listen, the only person that had access was the high priest. And what the high priest did was exactly what I would have done. He stopped when the veil was rent and he turned around and the first thing he saw was the lamb. So we had to find a lamb, didn't we? A lamb, the lamb, and your lamb. I know I I quote this all the time, but Revelation 5. The Bible said, I've seen him that sat upon the throne. And he had a book sealed with seven seals within and with on the backside. He said, I looked into heaven and I saw him that sat upon the throne. He said, who is worthy to open the book and loose the seven seals thereof? The Bible said that heaven was searched, the earth was searched, and beneath the earth was searched. Now remember, what are we looking for, Tommy? We're looking for a lamb. A lamb. We're li- that's what the first thing we're looking for, right? Maxine, we're looking for a lamb. So they searched the heavens. They searched the earth. They searched beneath the earth. And there was none found worthy. And John said, I began to weep much because there was none found worthy. And the great angel laid his right hand upon me and said, John, fear not. For the line of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And you know what John said? I looked in the midst of the four beasts and the 24 elders. And what did he see? A lamb that had been slain before the foundation of the world. A lamb. John the Baptist was baptizing in the Jordan River, wasn't he? Jesus, Jesus came walking on the creek bank. What did John say? What did he say? Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. So we found a lamb, didn't we? The line of the tribe of Judah, John the Baptist declared the lamb when he walked on the bank. Amen. Listen, and let me tell you something. Not only did he just say it, he came down and the Bible said that Jesus spoke to John the Baptist. They had interaction. Listen, he said, I must needs be baptized. He said, I'm not worthy to baptize you. Listen, and the Bible said that Jesus stepped down in the midst of the water in the Jordan River with John the Baptist. And John took him up. Listen, he didn't sprinkle him, amen. Amen. 
He put him down full immersion into the Jordan River. And as he came forth, the Lamb, there was a voice from heaven that said, Behold, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And the Spirit lit upon him in the form of a dove. The first picture of the Trinity confirmed. So we were looking for a lamb. Now we have confirmation. This is the lamb. And then Jesus said, (laughs) Jesus said, don't be faithless. He said, believe upon me and I will give you everlasting life. John 10, Mary and Martha. Y'all come with a song. I'm about done. Mary and Martha, <coughs> as they were there and Lazarus had died, listen, I'm going to make it as quickly as this as possible. But Lazarus has died. Listen, Mary came out, ran, fell upon Jesus, said, Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, then my brother had not have died. Listen, she said, and Jesus asked her, he said, Believest thou that thy brother shall live again? She said, Yea, Lord, I know that he shall live again in the resurrection. Jesus said, I, I am the resurrection and the life. Though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he said, Whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never perish. A few verses later, he he conversed with Mary and Martha. He wept at the tomb because death was a reality. And then he called him victoriously to life. So as you look this morning for a lamb, because let me tell you something, Hebrews 9, 27, the Bible tells us, for it's appointed unto man what's to die, but after this, the judgment, I love verse number 28. He said, but unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So we know that death is imminent. We know that it's pronounced upon all of us. And I've said this, and listen, I I, I know that people hear me when I say this, but I want you to understand this. The only way I can get where I'm headed is to die. Okay? Do you understand that? So yes, death hurts, but I'm going to tell you something. Death is temporary. Because where I'm going, the Bible said that there is no more need for the sun and the moon. For the Lamb of God is the light of that city. Amen. The Bible said that these streets paved with gold, gates with pearl. Amen. There's diamonds, emeralds, and rubies. All the things that we hold most dear and most precious are merely building materials in my new home. I want you to go where I'm going. If you're looking for a lamb, his name is Jesus. 
If you're looking for the lamb, the lamb was on Calvary. And if you want him to be your lamb, ask by faith through grace. And I promise you, he will cover you from what is to come. Stand to your feet this morning. Watch your number, Steve.